Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod Save the King! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the King. I'm your host, Zoe Forsey, and I'm joined in the studio by our royal editor, Russell Myers. How are you? Very well. Lovely to see you. Nice to be back in the studio. Lovely sunny day in Canary Wolf Towers. It's a beautiful day. It's really nice. It's nice and fresh. It's like a proper winter. It's fresh. It is. Big fan of it. But so today we are kind of doing spare continued part two uh, in terms of our analysis of Prince Harry's memoir. Obviously, we discussed a lot of it last week, uh, but this week we're going to hear some of what you thought of it. Um, We've also got the row between Meghan and Jeremy Clarkson to discuss. And then also lots of it's very much been returned to work for the royals and we've seen a feels like we've seen an awful lot of the royals out this week which has been lovely one would one would assume they're on a pr campaign i can never guess why cynic cynic (laughs) but let's jump in though so spare so we've had some figures out about the sales and it's pretty impressive isn't Mm. it it sold a lot of copies and obviously these these stats are actually now a few days old so probably going to be completely out of date but seven hundred and fifty thousand was the official things that the publishers put out so it's in all formats that's hardback audiobook ebook and that's in the uk since it was published what feels like about three years ago but was actually <laughs> what eight days ago yeah well not lot, yeah nine days ago i mean it's, and then what was the figure i saw figure of 1.4 million including us one would assume you could probably double that um it's i mean it, it's it's a record breaker isn't it it's not only the fastest selling non-fiction book on first day first week Fastest selling, biggest selling <laughs> memoir. I mean, all the records have been broken for Yeah, it, and the yeah, they? Guinness World Records, it was in, it was in everything. So yes. lots of lots of fun things. And, you know, I'm sure Harry is very happy, as I expect his publishers and the people with the accounts and the money are as well, which is very exciting. But we've had, I will say, obviously, we spoke about it last week. And I, in the time since I've been looking after the podcast for our lovely Anne Gripper, this was probably the most, re- you know, the most reaction we had from readers, uh, we were accused of being too kind and also too harsh. So we had both. You know, <laughs> yeah. we, so everyone's got very different opinions on this, and it has really, you know, got people talking. So we wanted to, you know, hand the mic over to some of our listeners to see what people thought. Really, uh, now producer Dan has very kindly kind of loaded all of these clips onto the system for us. But I do apologise if I get the tech side of it wrong because, well, you know, I can't really be trusted with it. Um, but we're gonna. Start off with a uh, comment from a listener called Fawn, who basically, she's from Texas, and she believes that Harry's crossed a, has really crossed a line here. Hi guys, my name is Fawn. I'm an American listener from Texas. I just finished reading Spare, so I wanted to share some thoughts with y'all. Um... 
I don't know. I enjoyed the book, but I do think it crosses just a little bit of an unreturnable line, if you will. I think American media is generally more favorable to Harry, but at the same time, I don't know. I think this one goes too far. I can't understand how reconciliation is possible, which he says he's open to in interviews, but I don't know how that could be possible after this, especially in his negativity toward William specifically. I just think that it's gone too far. And I think maybe the tides are turning here in America too, as far as general opinion. We've just seen so much of them recently that I think even here, people are starting to get a little bit tired. I don't know. Anyway, thanks so much. Love the pod. Now, this I thought was really interesting because we always kind of ask what our US listeners think. Um, and for me, I think there were there was a lot more support when they did even the Netflix show, when they did the Oprah interview. Like, you know, if actually, yeah, you've got your side of the story. But I think lots of people seem to be saying, and I agree, that sharing the details of the text and the really put this this is a whole new level of it and you know it is it does feel different spare feels different to everything else they've done before because it's not just a general view it's not just making the you know allegations that they you know were right to make in terms of if they were concerned about things like you know racism and mental health support but this is very you know oh we had this argument about this and this is what Kate said and Kate was funny about lip gloss it kind of feels it's more of the nitty. Bits. It is. It's it's pointed attacks, isn't it? And very personal ones at that. I mean, nobody is spared. Excuse the pun from uh, f- from all the grenades that have been launched from Harry. I mean, his his father comes in for a bit of a bruising. P- p- um, painted as this old man who wasn't very affectionate. Pretty uh, awful father. Uh, William uh, alleging that he's a bully, that he was uh, physically abusive. Kate comes across as stuck up or, and not very welcoming to to Meghan when she joined the fold. And then you go on to Camilla. I mean, talking about wicked stepmother, the villain in the piece. I mean, list goes on and on and on, doesn't it? So um, I think a lot of people think that it's pretty petty the fact that they've made an awful lot of money out of this. Um, I don't. Did they, I don't think they got paid for the Winfrey interview, did they? Can't no, remember. No. Anyway, so they didn't get paid for that, and then everybody thought, "Oh, well, that was you know fair, fair enough." If those were your gripes, and you wanted to get your side of the story mm. out there, um, to borrow a phrase from Harry, I've been written about for 30, 38 years. This is my truth. But if you're being paid tens of millions of dollars and you've got to fill the pages, as it were, although Harry said that he'd written 800 pages and that he's got another book oh, in him. Oh, yes, I missed. Yeah, which, I forgot about that. I mean, not to dance around too much, but that this latest article in The Telegraph is probably the most explosive because I think it's pretty much tantamount to blackmail because it's saying, you know, if you don't give me what I want, if you don't give me the, the reconciliation or the sit down, listen to my grievances, pretty much within a time frame of before the coronation because he's leaving it open to, to coming then that's that's pretty much holding a gun to the head isn't it it's saying, yeah, saying there's more where, that came, exactly. more where this came and from and if you think that was bad then the stuff I left out of the book well that is another story entirely and li- quite literally might be another story because he has a three book deal we know he's been paid a lot of money from Penguin Random House and they're going to want to, they're going to see the numbers of this aren't they and they're going to see well it's been a record breaker there will be no doubt interest in another book people might be turned off of it and say he's gone too far um I'm sure a lot of people think he's gone too far and that he has said too much but there will still be people who want to listen to his story and again 
what what is going on behind the palace walls? I mean, there's been talk of reconciliation talks that have happened already, and that there may be moves to uh, to sort of push that forward before the coronation. I would think, on a personal level, that both the king and William would be quite concerned of, of Harry not only speaking, but probably quite concerned for him because. I see a man who doesn't look very happy, regardless of where I'm saying, yeah, life is great and I'm loving it in California and this is exactly what I wanted. He's a man who definitely misses his home country. He's cut off from his family. He's probably got no, no, no friends in California, really, because he's moved away from them all. And so what does he have? He has, he has the freedom, I suppose, of thought and expression and of his life of not being confined to the job and the role. But realistically, it's got to, it's got to hurt the fact that it's, um, that it's exploded in such a way, I suppose. Now, Jessica is from Canada and she actually compares Harry and Meghan, says in Canada, they're now being compared to the Kardashians, but makes the interesting point of whatever you think about the Kardashians, they value family and that is the most important thing to them. But kind of so, but obviously Harry isn't looking at it in that way. Hi, Zoe and Russell. I'm Jessica from Toronto, Canada, and I have to say, I love your podcast. And Russell, love to watch your interviews with various outlets on YouTube. That said, as a fan of your podcast, I wanted to give a Canadian perspective. I want to share that a radio program here had a poll, and the consensus was that Harry has greatly overshared in his book. If the frostbite and behind-the-pub tales weren't enough, the deplorable comments about his stepmother-sister-in-law brother and father were just beyond the pale. The petty comments ranging from dresses to lip gloss, stuffed animals to fisticuffs, it's all just ridiculous and he's becoming a joke in North America. Harry and Meghan are viewed as the Kardashians to us. However, the Kardashians have family values and loyalty, which we cannot say for the Sussexes. I'd like to send a lot of love and admiration to the royal family from Canada. Thanks for your great podcast. Uh, we had another listener write in uh, kind of saying as well, obviously these are not an audio clip, so I'll just you'll be stuck with my voice reading it out, but saying that uh, I agreed with the opinion that Russell made last week that Harry takes no accountability for his part in the long erosion of his relationship with his family and brother in particular. I find Harry, for all his truth-telling, lacks self-awareness and really believes that he is the victim. And that, I thought, was really interesting as well and I think again that's something that echoes what I've seen a lot of um people saying of surely there has to be some acceptance there were there were faults on both sides here everyone made mistakes but you don't really see too much of that in spare well I don't think we've seen it at all I mean you talk about the Oprah Winfrey interview uh interview with Hoda Kobe uh, a few others talking about Netflix series not one time did I see them have any amount of introspection. D- them both talking, especially Harry now saying, "You know, well, there's been no, uh, there's been no willingness to reconcile on their side." Well, what about you, mate? You, you've got, you've got to, you've got to kind of admit fault. Surely, uh, a family row is all about. Um, you know, realising your own faults almost. We all make mistakes, right? And so if you've fallen out with someone and even if you think you are in the right, you've got to have a bit of... 
uh, introspection and to say I made mistakes I, w- I would have ended up in the same point I'm in now but I would have done things differently I would have spoken to you differently I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings sorry is the hardest word for Harry and I think that that is the issue that the family are going to have to get over because on one hand they probably don't trust him well I know they don't trust him and on the other one why on um why on earth are they going to want to speak to him if he's digging his heels in he's saying well it was all your fault and uh, I want an apology it doesn't work like that with anyone's family so why should it work with the royals I think as well it's not just him in my in my experience which is I appreciate it's very different but it's the people around you telling you you're wrong so if I've had a row with someone or I've had someone at work has annoyed me I've got family and friends that will sit there and go no actually that person's in the right you're being an absolute idiot and I think that's really important and I think a really good value in friends and family and loved one that you need people telling you that and for me it raised the questions of has he just been brought up and does he now live in a world where everyone says yes you're right um, and maybe that has an aspect to it potentially as well and um, that point was actually uh, written in by Vanessa and the other thing that she says which I think is interesting is that um, Harry and Meghan uh, think they're in the right and been wrong by the royal family um, but nothing good will come from this especially for Harry the monarchy has been around for thousands of years and has attacked many attacks and we'll get over that too and we will talk about it Next, we'll take a talk about it later in the programme, but I think we've seen that this week. As I said, the book the book was out a week ago, but now a week on, the headlines and what everyone's talking about is, you know, Prince William's cookery skills and the fact that he can't make a steak sauce. You know, it, there is a lot to... It's such a, you know... Yeah, there's, there's more to it. It's got this history and it has survived lots of attacks over the exactly. years. Exactly. I mean, the, 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 it's like a football player. Where the old analogy, nobody is bigger than the club. And I think that almost Harry does think that. I mean, it, it's impossible to get away from the argument. Does he want to wreck the monarchy? Does he want to absolutely destroy this institution that has ruled, uh, been around for a thousand odd years? Well, he says he believes in a monarchy. And yet, by the same token, he's doing everything he can to destroy the main character. It's like a football player who wants to get out the contract. Now they've left. I mean, look at Cristiano Ronaldo. Left one of the biggest clubs in the world. Wasn't happy. Then started um, railing against the, his treatment. All the the facilities weren't good enough. He was made promises that weren't kept. And um, I mean, that's probably the first I was the first comparison ever thinking, been made I between. Like, I don't know if we've ever Prince said Ronaldo Harry. on this, but there is because Sport he podcast, he, almost, guys, he almost did think he was bigger. Than, he did think he was bigger than the club, and now he's playing in Saudi Arabia, earning a load of money. But what's he what's he going to achieve there? If you don't like football, it's still a good analogy because I think you know Harry is on the periphery of the royal family. Will he even ever be welcomed back? I mean, your guess is as good as mine at the moment. I, I, I've been told that the royals do not trust a thing he is saying. So even though he wants to get, sit around the table, why on earth are they going to bring him in? Because on, I come back to this, there, there is concern for him. I think by seeing that, there is concern. His father has publicly said through his spokespeople, that's probably the only thing Buckingham Palace have said in recent months, that... The king loves both his children equally, right? And But it's very, very difficult to then bring him back into the fold and say, okay, bygones are bygones, let's move forward. Well, you know, we don't know whether he's got a, a mic on or whether it's going to end up in a new Netflix series. Now, uh, listener Chai believes that Harry will really regret the content, contents of this book. My take on the book and on the whole situation in general is that 
he will one day regret doing what he's done. And it might not be today, and it might not be tomorrow, and it might not be in a month from now, but I truly believe that he will look back on this and feel extreme regret because to embarrass your family in such a public forum, there's just no excuse. And I would think that someone that has lost someone so close to them would want to value and cherish the relationships that he ha does have left. I would think that would be his father and his brother and his sister-in-law and the rest of the extended family because he understands how how um, swiftly things can change and how how life is so precious. And it's such a shame that he would do something like this. And while, yes, he's on the bestseller list, the question you have to ask is how many people are buying the book because they are intrigued and how many people are buying the book because they really support something like this, which is just such a shame. That's something that I think is actually really interesting. Very much so. And that is how many, you know, because lots of people I think, even that I'm speaking to, are just reading it for the drama mm. in the same way of, you know, there's always the joke that the royal family is like a soap opera and this is just it's a that, really no longer a big joke. episode. Well, yeah. And now it's, this is just an example of it. So it's how many people are reading it because they're going, oh, I love Harry, this is great. Or how many people are going... What a mess. Yeah, exactly. This is a disaster. Look at this family. I mean, everybody spent Christmas with their own thought, thinking they were dysfunctional. And then this is an absolute <laughs> uh, disaster, isn't it? But um, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree um, with that. Uh, what was her name? Chai. Chai, um, Chai is hit the nail on the head because loads of people are, are buying it in its droves, especially with the hype of the book and then the Netflix series. Everyone thought, oh my God, what on earth is going to be in the book after Netflix, which ended up being a bit of a damp squib after the book. I mean, mm. Lordy, it's, it's, it's got enough to keep us busy for months if we yeah. <laughs> wanted to keep writing about it. But uh, lots of people will be intrigued. And I think a lot of people will have read this, even though they do feel some sympathy to Harry. And I know we came in for a bit of criticism last week uh, on last week's show because I may have said it was honest. There are obviously pitfalls within this book. There are obviously uh, selective memory, shall we say. I mean, the author, J.R. Moringer, I can't remember the quote exactly, but he said there was a fine line between fact and memory so um of course of course some things are going to be um misleading but i like the phrase your truth his truth it ain't the truth is it because there are two sides to a story the other side is going to have an awful lot to say about what has happened and uh, and harry is i think harry believes himself a lot of the time i think he he believes that narrative that he is the one set upon and he's the one being ganged up and doesn't take accountability for his actions and that is a huge huge misgiving not only within the book within the, all these interviews but i think within his life he comes across as somebody who has been completely obsessed with the fact that he is number two he's always been put upon rather than thinking you know what i'm in a pretty privileged position and i'm not making light of the fact that he's had huge trauma within his life he has obviously he's lost his mother he's um he's been to war he has suffered uh within the machine of the royal family but there must be some accountability to say i've left it i've lived a very ex an extraordinary privileged life and i'm gonna just get on with it and make good of what i have but you know i don't he can't do that can he he literally can't do it and you mentioned there briefly uh, about saying that some of the lines are being questioned and just to kind of reflect on a few of those. So one of them was saying that he, and they're really minor details and they are their memories, you know, and everyone, if you ask me to ask, you know, 
what I was doing 20 years ago, I wouldn't, you know, remember the exact date of it. But one of the things that he's been questioned on is saying that he got a present from uh, Princess Diana uh, that he was given kind of after she passed away and that was an Xbox. But the Xbox didn't come out until I think it was four years later. So that's one of the points that people are really kind of, um, you know, drawing a drawing a line to. And there's also recalling, you know, the moment that he found out the Queen Mother had died when he was at Eton. But we know, I believe, uh, that he was on, you know, the family were on holiday at the time and they actually came back for it. So there are those little lines that I think people are really, you know, kind of looking into. But memory is a difficult thing. But when you're doing, you know, when you're selling this as this is completely the truth and this is 100% accurate and what it is, that's where I think, you know, it becomes a bit more difficult. Um now, Hannah Stevens sent us what she's described as a silly question, but it's not a silly question. There's no such thing as silly questions. Uh, but she has asked, surely to some degree, the concept of members of the royal family briefing the press about each other is counterproductive. Any scandal involving any members of the royal family would reflect badly on them as an institu- institution. Now, my understanding of this, but I'm hoping you can offer much better insight, is try. that his logic is is that they were they wanted the more senior members of the family to look lovely and rosy and that there was no problems so they were putting all the bad spotlight on Meghan and Harry mm. yeah well he was he's it's twofold because Harry paints a picture that there's some sort of um, league table where everybody's looking at the court circular and vying for the top spot I mean I think that's a nonsense because it's only ever Princess Anne and Charles who are at the top spot anyway and if it's all about the way that engagements are calculated. There's a lot of debate about it, whether there's a joke about Prince Anne, Princess Anne comes into a room, room, shakes someone's hand, and that's an engagement, whereas the others are doing like full days out and what have you. Yeah, However, I didn't realise this until quite oh, recently yeah, when yeah, people yeah. spoke well, about when you go, it. Especially when you go away uh, to the tours, there are like 60 engagements yeah. because they split up and they have to be rotated with you know the TV cameras, the reporters. Blah. So they're all split up into engagements. And so they count as engagements i suppose right. i don't I, I don't think they ca- they don't count as in uk ones but even uk ones are split up if they're yeah. doing different things yada 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 so he then says there's a league table they're all looking at it i don't think that's right so we can say that that's you know mm. his truth but the, then the other one he's saying is in order to get their principles on the front pages or indeed in the newspapers magazines the you know, getting the opinion pieces done that the um, press offices, the press secretaries were actively briefing against Meghan and Harry to put negative stories in the press about them and positive ones about their boss. And if there was a negative story about their principles, then they would give them another story about Harry and Meghan. I mean, where does it end? Honestly, I don't, I've been on record by saying this. In my five years doing this job, and I've spoken to countless colleagues who have been doing this job a lot, longer than I that does not happen of course there is briefing there is a relationship between the preface officers and the reporters um the correspondents who carry out the the engagement and work on the newspapers and um broadcasters what have you there has to be a relationship as there is with politics as there is with the health reporters and the crime reporters with scotland yard and whoever it is the 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 painting of this is so perverse that it's just it doesn't do him any favours because again I do think it comes across as an obsession and everything he was saying was well the British media did it the British media well you need to look into the British media have you heard about the British what the British media do and it's just exhausting and I think 
we understand that he has an issue with the way that the press have handled royal um, relations or indeed relations with his own work. But let's go back to the Invictus Games, always been supported. Anything that Harry ever did was really, really supported. Anything he, um, he did with veterans and the like. Anything when when him and Meghan came on the scene, his wedding, huge. I mean, so so positive. Of course, there were negative articles written, but it's not. Um, it's 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 just not the way it is. I mean, one of the one of the things he pulled out as well. There's a there's a couple of art examples here. You had one earlier. You told me about. Yeah. So the one that really stuck out for me, and probably I think because I was very heavily involved in. You know, I was kind of looking after our online royal coverage that day. And that was the Queen's first engagement with Meghan. And they went and had that day at Chester and they got the royal train up. And it was really lovely. I remember it. The Queen had that bright green dress on and Meghan was in the kind of cream, the cream outfit. And he writes about it in the book of they had this big day and Megan was really excited about it and she came home and said we bonded it was great and the line is apparently according to the media it was an absolute disaster and I remember that day because there were those beautiful photos of them sitting side by side and the queen was laughing and I remember we had on the website all day and the papers were the same the net you know there's a great photo of the queen was doing that you know she had her arms up and kind of doing the huh? yes. thing like they were great pictures and we did one story i think if i remember rightly or a, two at a push that basically said that there was this really nice moment of megan went to the queen I'm looking at i've got it up here, here yeah we go. there here we, we go. go megan kind of said like oh who gets in the car first and we sold it as like you know the queen helps megan out with a, a royal moment and it was done in my opinion, in a kind of nice, you know, oh, you know, isn't the Queen being supportive? But Harry obviously just saw that, ignored all the well, really positive let's stuff. Well, let me read it to you. I mean, it says in the book that uh, about this day out in Cheshire with the Queen, June 2018, after their honeymoon, the papers pronounced the trip as an unmitigated disaster. They portrayed Meg as pushy, uppity, ignorant of royal protocol because she'd made the unmistakable mistake of getting into a car before Granny. Now, the headline in the Daily Mirror is, one has fun with Meg. Uh, no, one has fun. Meg and her Madge have a right giggle. The intro of my piece is the Queen's expression clearly says we are amused as she shares a joke with Meghan Markle. The bond between Her Majesty and her new granddaughter-in-law was plain to see for everyone on their first royal outing. Thousands cheered them during their visit to Cheshire as Meghan smiled and told well-wishers Prince Harry was the best husband ever and being married was wonderful. I mean, I'm, pr I'm practically doing the PR for them. I was going to say, I yeah. Mean, I mean, I've been it's, it's... embarrassed about that piece. <laughs> and in the Daily Telegraph, the Duchess gets a masterclass in the, day, uh, in the art of a royal day out. In the Times, fans go wild for the royal double act of Harry and of, of Meghan and Her Majesty. The Sun, one Meg's me laugh. Newest royal gives Queen giggles. The Daily Mail, giggling like old friends. Royals, new double act. There we go. I mean... Yeah, if he thinks that is disastrous yeah. coverage, well, it's, yeah. then it's not. But as I said, there were, you know, that the line was, it. Well, you know, the car incident was but you know it was sold as oh you know the queen helped her out with that and i don't think anyone expects my god i've covered the royals for years you know and read about it and read every yeah. royal book going i wouldn't have any idea how to do any of the protocol stuff i don't think anyone expected it to go but i think that you know the minor teeny tiny bit of you know, she no, did something it was, no wrong. One it. I mean, it might have got pulled up on a couple of online articles, but the I overwhelming was, yeah. message. Oh, yeah. When I say we covered it, I think it was a line in some of the stories. It wasn't, you know, it was never headlined and never done. But I think that's, a, you know, and I found that really interesting as something I'd been, you know, involved in. 
Now, back to listeners. Um, the... Oh, sorry, I've lost my place. Um, yeah, we're just going to end on another uh, audio clip from Erin, uh, who thought it was actually, re- you know, really liked the book and said it was a good example of kind of never knowing what people are going through and maybe, you know, maybe why we shouldn't, we shouldn't judge. This is Erin. I am an American living in New Zealand and I finished Spare in three days. I thought it was at times... A little cringe, but in a good way. Um, I did have to stop and just kind of take in some of the revelations because you just really don't know what people are going through despite, you know, their privilege and, and luxury on the outside. So, yeah, overall, highly recommend the book. Thanks. So a massive thank you to all of our listeners who sent in video clips, um, sorry, audio clips and messages about the book. It's been really interesting hearing your reaction. Um, but before we move on from Spare, I can't not mention, I think one of the bizarre, most bizarre things I've ever seen, which is the Elizabeth Arden debate regarding oh to Spare. Lord, and this went very... Still rumbling on this. Uh, this went very viral when someone shared an audio, you know, from the audio book, uh, the clip of yes. him describing it. So for anyone who's not read it or hasn't seen this detail, uh, kind of Harry casually in the book drops in that he used Elizabeth Arden cream. So this is a kind of beauty uh, skincare line on his frostbitten penis after a trip to the Antarctica um, and revealed that Diana used to use it and kind of, you know, made that I don't. I, mean, even, I don't even know what that. Weird connection. Yeah, that kind of unexpected uh, link there. But immediately after this happened, uh, it sold out on Amazon. Everyone apparently saw this as a real, you know, big promotion for it and Unless rushed a lot out of to buy got it. got frostbite. I'm not sure. I mean. <laughs> and then Boots, which is a kind of big pharmacy shop brand here ended up tweeting they were a bit cheeky but they tweeted with temperatures predicted to drop next week don't forget to stock up on your trusty elizabeth arden eight hour cream if you know you know and it was just one of those you know when you see a tweet and you go what is happening I know. the world <laughs> has gone mad there we go it really has now let's mm. move away from spare and the we've mentioned it very briefly i think on previous shows uh, but this is uh, jeremy clarkson's comments about Meghan markle uh, which have been awful comments about Meghan Markle that he wrote in a column for a uh, daily newspaper here in the UK. Um, but it's really escalated this week, hasn't it? Well, it has. I mean, he is, uh, he first wrote uh, an ap- ap- apology when it first came out, probably a couple of weeks after the, the furore over his column. And now he's, um, he's uh, what do he say? Oh dear, I'd rather put my foot in it. In a column I wrote, wrote about Meghan Markle, I made a clumsy reference to a scene in Game of Thrones and this has gone down badly with a great many people. I am horrified to have caused so much hurt and I shall be more careful in future. A lot of people weren't satisfied with that level of apology and it's uh, it led to how many complaints? Uh, it was 25,000, but just really quickly, just mm. in case anyone hasn't seen it. So the original piece said uh, that he was he was in bed dreaming of the day when Meghan was made to parade naked through the streets of every town in Britain while, cra- while crowds chant shame and throw lumps of excrement at her. He said that everyone who's his age thinks the same and said he hated her. So just to kind of put into context the, you know... The Game of Thrones. I mean, the Game of Thrones it's, thing. It's, it's not only... I mean, it's just on so many levels this is wrong. Mm. And I think the problem is about how many people had eyes on this and 
Um, <laughs> it's just extraordinary how that would even end up in a newspaper. We know how it works here. The editing process of online articles and the newspaper, you know, it's pretty similar, isn't it? That we, we there is a number of eyes that see stuff and... Um, and they end up in print, and and it's quite extraordinary that happened. But we have a new apology. Yes, so he initially put on social media on the 19th of December that, you know, the old dear, I've put my foot in it, which isn't quite the wording, I think, of an apology of something that level, but anyway. Um, And then he, we've now since discovered that on Christmas Day, he emailed Meghan and Harry um, and said, uh, he's put something out saying, on Christmas morning, I emailed Harry and Meghan in California to apologise to them. I said I was baffled by what they'd been saying on TV, but the language I'd used in my column was disgusting and that I was profoundly sorry. Uh, When he says about talking on TV, he mentioned it in his uh, ITV interview, didn't he? He spoke about the comments um, just before Spare came out um and kind of spoke about how that was mm. playing into things uh, but Meghan and Harry put out a statement a couple of days ago didn't they to say that wasn't quite the case yeah I mean this is something that could have been well shouldn't happen in the first place could have been nipped in the bud I mean he's lot he's he seems to have lost out the sun still haven't got rid of him i say still maybe they 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 are standing by him they've taken the art they've taken the piece down from online but he is still employed by them yes and it seems as though uh the grand tour on amazon isn't going to be shown again is that the case although there's a few bit rumblings that he's a he's a very expensive member of staff so maybe they weren't keeping on and they maybe they were um choosing to uh, to use this as an opportunity perhaps um uh it's a very lengthy statement we don't need to go through the ins and outs of it i think any right-minded person would would see that this is an issue that shouldn't have happened the apology is right i don't know where i stand on cancelling people like this i mean you could say that i don't really know too too much about jeremy clarkson's body of work in order to then say like uh like the sussexes say that it's they basically said it's been it's been a campaign a series of articles right? Mm. right and the other thing that i think was really interesting is megan and harry have actually come out and said that uh mr clarkson wrote solely to prince harry and this is from, you know, a point of, oh, well, you actually wrote yeah. about Meghan, yeah. but you didn't bother oh, to go to I her. You went to, oh, you went to the man to discuss the woman's, it felt it to worse, me very, yeah. Worse. That was the line that I think was difficult. And he said, while a public, they said, while a public apology has been issued, what remains to be addressed is the longstanding pattern of writing articles that spread hate. Um, and which is obviously the big point that they've, you know, spoke about a lot in their Netflix show and in Spare. If it's not a one-off incident, it's the fact that, if it's just normal to have these really negative, yeah. you know, saying that she should be marched down the street when well, everyone the, the shouted at her. The same could be said is, about the yeah. right wing wing press in a lot of instances, right? That they that they are they 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 make attacks on minorities, women, and you have you, this is why you have articles appearing in the paper like that. So, anyway, one would one would assume that is gone that issue now. Let's let's hope that it's kind of been sorted yeah. and we won't think. But no, they're not happy. Yeah. He's probably going to lose his, some jobs. And we, we'll see. We'll move on. We'll see. Now, let's come back to the UK. So, Royals, obviously, we kind of didn't see them too much when the book actually came out. But they were very much back. There was a united front. And this was on... Gosh, I can't remember what day it was. Was it? I think it was it last Thursday. So, Kate and William were out in Liverpool. Um, they had... Uh, questions were shouted at them about if they'd read the book. They kind of ignored them all. Uh, there was one woman there that actually went up to them and said, you know, keep going, really supportive words, which I think would have been 
very well he said didn't he he said i will do i mean fair enough i don't think they would have heard the person shout out i'm not sure whether it was um who who the journalist was but have you uh have you read your brother's books uh they it was very very windy in liverpool um the people were people were pleased to see them they're getting out the, the the crowds were were out in force there was an awful um awfully good reception for them and we've seen a lot of them haven't we i mean getting out in liverpool i mean I well just that- quickly let's stick on that first day because we had kate and william out in liverpool yeah. and we had charles out at the same time and it felt very much of a case that they were going saying we're all here we are back to work and this is that and there was lots of so charles was in scotland he was at the community shed which is a wooden stone workshop and there was lots made because they were so charles was in his kilt mm. and kate was in tartan as well wasn't there? and there was a lot of nods of like back to work yeah. we're all united and we happen to be wearing matching outfits did you did i you did go i mean I, I did see he was wearing a, a What's his name? Um, what's his name? William was wearing. wearing <laughs> what's his name? Uh, the the future king. He was wearing a green jumper. Yeah. And she was wearing a uh, a tartan dress. Yeah. Uh, right? Skirt. Coat. Coat. Okay. It's you a long, it feels like attention. a long time ago. No, no. Feels when like was a very this? Long time. This was Thursday, so a oh week ago word. today. Oh, it was a week ago. But as you said, we've seen them a lot more since then, so you can be forgiven. Yes. Yes. Uh, Liverpool was really good because um, they were sort of all smiles, putting it all behind them. I mean, I did a, then I did a story on Saturday, which was all about um, Kate's early years development. That Ooh, she yes. is using, she's going to be using that her platform to launch a new national campaign. And the person who told me the story was, I asked them about, are they affected? What's going on in the family? And they said, no, dismissed it. Moved on, moved on already. Not a thing, not being discussed, which you could probably take with a pinch of salt, but yeah. it's definitely moved on. This is what's going on now. And um, we get, and then since then, the palace have said that she is doing a, a national campaign, which is going to be launched at the end of the month. So watch this space. I know a bit more details, but can't speak about it. It just is going to be very interesting taking on the next stage of the early years work. Like she did the survey last year, and I think we're going to see a few more results from that. Then today, I was in. I'm going to skip around a little bit because I think this is this is all about sort of carrying on work. Today I was with okay, William. I give you permission to break from sorry, my well Sorry, sorry, sorry. But today I was with William, a homelessness charity called DePaul UK in London. And interestingly enough, this is going to be one of William's key areas this year as well. So straight out the blocks, I mean, straight out the blocks, it's the 19th of <laughs> January. Straight out the blocks, they are going to be, they've made some big announcements or moves that are going to then end up being big announcements because um, this these obviously have taken planning at the end of last year, seeing these two engagements saying early years, homelessness, these are two things we're really going to be working on. And then you have it all kind of merging as in back to business, back to work, that sort of vibe. Well, that's it. The first engagement after something huge like this is always going to be their, fir- you know, break cover since they do it. The first time they're seen, it's all going to be about... Break cover. Yeah, it's Breaks all going to be silence. about their back to work. And that's <laughs> going to be the headlines of wherever they are would get a quick mention, but it's not. So it feels like they did that last week, got that sorted, and now they've gone, right, we've done that now. This is what we're doing book, for 2023. What book? That's what they're exactly. saying, book, book, um, And so William was also, he went to a Together at One kitchen as well, didn't he? And had a cookery lesson uh, wow. last week. Can't make, was it? He can make a steak, make but he a can't steak, make makes a sauce. mean steak, lumpy sauce. No. I mean, to be, he did say he doesn't spend time in the kitchen. I can't imagine <laughs> he spends too much time in the kitchen. But praised Kate's cooking, said she was very good, <laughs> I mean, which God. was lovely. Um, and Kate, obviously, 
she did this. Uh, you mentioned this obviously talking about the early works, but she did she announce that at the Luton visit? She spent the Luton, day at a nursery. That was uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday? <gasps> I don't even know what day. I still don't know what day. Um, very very important Absolute day tomorrow. No a very important day tomorrow. But that's probably why I'm a Sophie bit. Sophie Wessex's birthday. Sophie believe, Wessex's birthday it? tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. Um, but um, this visit to the Luton nursery, I thought. I thought was one of Kate's best because she was Ooh. playing around with the kids, making sure she was speaking a lot. I mean, Kate has been criticised in the past for sort of putting her hair in front of her face when the photographers are there, not really engaging, not really saying too much. But it almost has been that she's, again, come at, straight out of the blocks for the new year. New year, new me. It was really, really good. Very, very engaging talking to the parents, really engaging with them about the issues of early years, kids in nursery, first five years, which is all the sort of ticking the boxes of this new campaign. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think the campaign's going to be quite quite interesting. There's a lot of people who are excited about it anyway, so watch this space. And I love, it's events like that where the kids are just the perfect age that something's always going to go a bit wrong. And I think one of my favourite moments from it um, which is probably a bad thing to turn a royal engagement because Kate wasn't really there. She was laughing with everyone else. But did you see the clip of one of the little kids the who kids. was fascinated by the photographer amazing, yeah. and was kind of walking up and going, I want to see the screen on the back. I want to check you've so done good. it. And it was just absolutely great. And it is, it's kids of this age that just make the best engagements because they're kind of a bit like, there was a great clip where she was playing at the sandbox and I think she went over to speak to the kids and they were yeah. very much like, yeah, making, you know, like, yeah. she's like, I want to make a sandcastle. Like, I don't know who you this are. Kid coming out, he was wearing a hat with a, like, a toy drill and yeah. sort of dancing in front of the cameras. And then they were sort of, politely trying to move around him and he was following them it's very 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 amusing and just before we came in here actually uh, to record she's kate's been out again she's been at a rugby event hasn't she, she was hosting a uh, reception for the wheelchair rugby team yes um you can tell that because it's just it's happened just i don't know the details it's just happening but i can give you the full lowdown on what has been happening this uh today so the princess wales is patron of the rugby football league and she has been hosting a reception she invited the england wheelchair rugby league team in to celebrate their success and they had just recently won the rugby league world cup and they were crowned champions in November after a dramatic 28-24 victory over France. Always good to beat the French. And um, they are, they're, they are, what's this? Oh, it's their first World Cup triumph since the inaugural wheelchair tournament, which was held all the way back in 2008. So celebrations to the uh, England wheelchair rugby league team. Very exciting. Now... Sophie Wessex's birthday tomorrow and also yours. So happy birthday, Russell, for tomorrow. Oh, you got no, to keep nice Gosh, how did you know? Just, how did I you know? It's just written in my diary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna, I might take the day off, but we know, you never know what happens in Royal Land, so maybe not. Excellent. Do we have anything else fun happening this week? Um, you can tell us about. I can't gonna tell. Tease us no, I always? can't tell you. There is something happening Friday, which is really, really exciting. So watch, watch out. Oh, That's I'll, all I can say. That means that you're not going to be able to tell us next week as well, doesn't it? Why? No, it's happening tomorrow. Oh, so tomorrow Friday. Tomorrow Friday. I you meant next Friday. No, tomorrow Friday. Tomorrow Friday. Lovely. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Russell. And thank you to everyone who has listened to this week's show. As always, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Podsave. And until next time. Podsave the King!